Everybody right now has dreams, don't they, guys? All right, everybody in the NFL, I have a dream of making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into fucking nightmares. You guys with me on that? You gotta end somebody's dream. You gotta take their job, you gotta take their heart. Are you guys clear about this NFL shit now? We're not trying to go to the Peach Bowl. We're not trying to go to the Gator Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're trying to go to the Super Bowl. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Just win, baby! Welcome back to the Las Vegas Raiders Lounge Podcast. This is Benny Spielberg here, of course, with Marky Mark. And folks, what we're doing here is we are recapping the most recent Hard Knocks episodes, of course, featuring our Oakland Raiders, finally, for the first time, and it's well-deserved. So after every single episode, me and Mark will be together talking about the most recent episode so i want to welcome on marky mark mark how we doing betty we're doing great after an episode of hard knocks you really know football is back and that is such a good feeling even though we're still in the summer we know football is back and hard knocks gets it rolling man that theme song just gives me chills oh and i gotta say how great is that theme song especially mixed in with the autumn wind and al davis it, it's the first time i believe on hard knocks they haven't had just their traditional intro i know the production value for the show is just through the roof and when they opened up this show it was within the first couple sentences when john gruden says man if i hold two padded practices in the afternoon That'll get me incarcerated. In the old days, we'd practice in the afternoon two more times in pads. Nowadays, I get incarcerated for that. You with me? I was cracking up in my living room. He is a guy who's cutting edge, but he loves and adores the old school. There's a lot of things about today's NFL which bug him, and I can't say I blame him. The, uh, the practice limitations for a hard-nosed guy like Gruden and their, their entire coaching staff, which is a hard-nosed staff, it drives them nuts, but they still stay within the parameters. Sure, and the funny part is is that Gruden's actually one telling these guys to hold back a little between yeah, Abram he, 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 and A.B. He's saying, hey, just take it easy. Yeah, no, let the walkthrough be a walkthrough. No question about it. He has a full understanding of the journey ahead. There's a lot of days to be had. There's a lot of padded practices yet to be had at that point. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, seeing the clips of Gruden. But what's painfully obvious is how serious they are about keeping things insulated. It was not a ton of Gruden. It was essentially no Mayock. 
Yeah. And you can tell they are trying to keep it as secretive as possible, but but still letting HBO do their thing. Well, obviously, but God, just to go back just to that opening scene, that dreams and nightmares speech that we had already heard because HBO put it out. But God, it is magical, man. I know. And he hits the nail on the head with that uh, speech, if you want to call it that. And what he's doing there, he's actually protecting his players and he's giving them essentially a fair warning. He's saying the time is now. You have to come out of the gate firing in order to establish yourself with this team and to be able to stick onto this 53-man roster. He is trying to get them, for lack of a better term, turned up and ready to rock and roll. And that was his way of doing it. It was a serious speech, but it was also very sincere and frankly, I thought, you know, motivational. It did fire me up. Oh, absolutely. It was an unbelievable speech. I loved it. The full version that you can find online is just magical, like I already said. It is. It's almost like an instant football classic already. Absolutely. Uh, one Another Gruden quote I, I liked, you know, he was annoyed mid-practice. He found out that um, – last chance you ronald ollie kid wasn't practicing he said he said let's get some fucking guys out here that can play uh moments later we found out ollie was cut um and they brought in ethan westbrooks who was just playing for the super bowl champion or the, the nfc champion and super bowl ramps so he's a more versatile much more proven player than a, a ronald ollie so they they even upgraded the the very bottom of the roster there yeah and, definitely. And, and west and westbrooks comes out at number 63 and gruden's going to one of the uh, trainers can we get him another number like and, and they go that's the only one we have left why's he got to wear that number it's the only one we have that's what i said hey ethan is that the ugliest number you've ever worn? Is that the ugliest number you've ever worn? I had it for rookie year. I get you a better number. For sure. Now, first point, Ollie was never going to make this team. At best, they no, may have no. put him on the practice squad. He just was not NFL ready. You could look no. at him and tell that. And tell. But he couldn't second, even wear his uniform right. Gruden was making a point to every man on that roster when he not only cut a man before he had to, but he brought in a guy who then he goes out in public, he is talking to and telling him, I'm going to get you a better number. It shows every single man on this roster that Gruden has a list of replacements for you. He is watching other guys out there and is ready to pounce on them if you slip up. And it goes back to Gruden's quote last year that so many national and local media members mocked him for they when he came out and he said there are plenty of players in fact there are a lot of players that want to come play for the raiders Absolutely. and did people kill him for that but he was spot on right what could have proved that more than the off season that they just had it's true not, not to jump ahead but you saw that towards the end where you had the alumni dinner and party and you mix, you allow these young players, even the ones that are not rookies, just the second, third-year guys that are just cutting their teeth with this franchise, and you show, listen, this is a life that we are giving you. We are giving you an entire life of this. This is what we do and nobody else does. 
No question. That is seriously a special thing. And they talked to Mike Mayock about that this past week, not on the show, uh, on uh, Raiders.com. I believe the interview aired uh, an interview with JT the Brick. And he said that uh, no other NFL organization does anything that resembles that. Now, we all know Mike Mayock's been in every NFL building and studied every NFL building. Sure. Um, so it's not like that's coming from some guy who's just spewing out nonsense. He's giving like an unbiased, truthful uh, statement there, which is pretty cool. Well, that just proves why uh, this franchise bringing back John Gruden was the correct move because it is a family. Other franchises, not every single one of them, but most of them, if you bring back a legendary coach, it doesn't mean anything to the players. But it does now because they're talking to all the guys that played with Gruden the first time. They're talking to the guys that were getting brought back the first time when Gruden brought them all the way back. No question, Benny. And when I, when I was with John Gruden's father, Jim Gruden, on the flight down to the Senior Bowl this past winter, and we were talking, Jim said to me, look, John had several options on several jobs he could have taken, obviously. He wanted to be a Raider. And then Mark Davis did it right. He said, John, here's 10 years. You are the stability of the Raiders now. No player is more important or bigger than you. You are the stability. It's, it's like a Belichickian type of deal. He is the guy. And, uh, you know, there's nobody I'd rather ride out with than John Gruden. Sure. He and to is, me, it's, uh, it's more than just a Belichickian thing. It's let's get back to the good Al Davis days. The days yes. with stability where you have one face of the franchise running yes. everything and you have to answer to that man. Yes. And he's and he, a Raiders legend and cares more about this franchise than maybe anybody else. No question about it. And him and Mayock make the perfect team. I loved when they were in a uh, meeting. Uh, they were kind of recapping the day and Gruden gave a, another a classic quote about um, – you know, he, he's saying, is it legal to practice in pads tomorrow? Can we practice it? And, you know, Mayock doesn't have any lines in this show, sure. but the camera did go to Mayock's face and he was laughing. And I just love that because I know they have the same sense of humor and they always know where one another is coming from. They're a dream team, man. They really are. Well, while we're on legendary John Gruden quotes from the episode, I have two that I really stuck out to me that I loved. First, when Carr was mid-rep in practice, Gruden right behind him goes, do you like the offense? You like this, these offense? You like this offense? You like the offense? Yeah, sir. Yeah, it was like a mind, a mind it, fuck. It, it was, and, and I love how Carr constantly goes, yes, sir, to everything. Yeah, they but have a great rapport. The second one is when they're in the meeting and Gruden goes, knock on wood if you're with me, okay? What a tremendous public speaking lesson that is. And that could fly in, in any type of public speaking setting. Seriously. That actually kind of pumped me up and reminded me of like raiders on a ship yeah. pounding down like their swords or something, getting ready to invade, uh, you know, that yeah, kind of Yeah, getting like... ready to pillage a village. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just thought, you know, that was just so telling of – how good of a communicator John Gruden is. He's he's next level communication skills, not just next level football IQ. Absolutely. That 
jumped off the page for me, not just in a football sense. Bingo. And A.B. was, you know, he's a goof, but he's a hard worker. He's a good father. And he's got some crazy lines, man, saying A.B.'s for afterburners. Oh, yeah. Uh, What do you float like a butterfly sting like a b yeah he's, he's been waiting witty... months to say that one on tv he's a witty guy and here's the deal his foot injury he posted it on instagram it is not a injury so to speak no. he he calloused the bottom of his foot very the, the entire foot the entire sole of his foot he calloused it and it's peeling and so he can't cut on it. So they're trying to get that thing fully healed. It's not like he has a turf toe going on or any type of tears or any type of open gash cuts. He's waiting for that skin to harden up and that skin to reheal. We may see him as soon as this week back in practice when the uh, when they have their joint practices with the Rams. Well, funny now, enough, we actually have a question later on in the show regarding ab and these feet but i would like to make two points just of ab and these hot air balloons that i had random thoughts the first do you think because he was amazed how big they are do you think he was amazed how slow they move like was he up there for hours getting all annoyed that he was taking forever last year he arrived in a helicopter i believe to steelers training camp which is surely quicker than a hot air balloon I mean, that is a beautiful, beautiful view. For sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, man, a hot But air if he thought, fight, hey, it's going to be 45 me, minutes, and before you know it, three hours has passed, you might get a little annoyed. Second, did you notice he had a custom AB rug that was placed in front of the hot air balloon for him to step on before he walked onto the hot air balloon? Obnoxious. I did. It was obnoxious. It was absurd. He's Apollo Creed, man. He, he is. is Listen, Creed. I don't dislike him for it, but God, I really hope he just had that rug laying around literally and decide to bring it with him because it was funny instead of getting that custom made for his hot air balloon excursion for one single afternoon. He's a, uh, a character like we've never seen before. I compare him to the Apollo Creed, Floyd Mayweather of the NFL. Uh, he is going to perform at a very high level in this offense. It's For sure, he looked watch. good. He looked, it, it, while, uh, while there wasn't much tape of him out there, he looked very crisp, he looked fast. Uh, yeah. And if his feet were hurting that bad and he was still running that fast. Uh, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's, it's freakish to watch, man. It's it, it's truly freakish to watch guys uh, move like that. And, and not too many can move like Antonio Brown. Now, not too many guys are as big, as imposing, and as talented as Raiders' new offensive guard, Richie Incognito. And seeing him interact with A.B. was tremendous. Yes. And uh, I absolutely think Incognito takes them to the next level. Did you? He- now, here's a guy who's been in the league for, for quite a long time on multiple different offensive lines. Did you hear what he said to A.B.? He said, our offensive line is fucking huge. Yep. In fact, he said it twice. Mm-hmm. Raiders probably have the pound-for-pound, pound, the biggest offensive line in the league. Uh they're going to be able to move some bodies. They're going to be able to protect Derek Carr. And they're uh, athletic. They s- and they can still, yes, exactly. It's not like they're big, hunkering guys that can't move. They're modern-day offensive pull. linemen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, 
will be a strength of the team. Oh, and then yeah. when Incognito spotted Guy Fieri. Oh, that's going, one of my favorite parts. He's going, oh, that's my guy. Oh, that's my guy. Oh, Guy Fieri. Yeah, he's over there. Oh, is he really? Where's he at? That's my guy. Oh, I see him. That's my guy. Oh, that's <laughs> my guy. No, no, meanwhile, his name is Guy, but he didn't yeah. mean it. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, it was like, so good. It was so uh, good. It was I loved it. it it was great. Awesome. It's it's one of those things um, that, you know, if you don't have hard knocks, maybe you don't catch that. Sure. It's neat, even though the show can't go too in-depth because it compromises a football team if they do. You know, if they're too sunk into team meetings and X's and O's. But it, it's those little tidbits like that that really make hard knocks fun. And, and when they were at the family party after practice – and Gruden was hitting on rookie wide receiver Hunter Renfro's wife. Oh, yeah. Saying, I'm, I'm proud of you, Hunter. You married over your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right to the wife. She, she starts laughing. It. He starts laughing. Now, meanwhile, Hunter Renfro is having a tremendous training camp. I went absolutely nuts when they took him on draft day. Great In pick. fact, they traded up with the Cowboys to get him. I went nuts. Uh, I, he was one of my favorite college players. I, I fantasize about having him on the uh, Raiders. But more importantly, you know, if they just had a Joe Schmo head coach that probably wouldn't know how to utilize him, that's one thing. Exactly. They got John Gruden that's going to know how to utilize him. And they have other guys to take the heat away from him. Uh, oh, no question. He's going to be – he's already drawing comparisons to Julian Edelman, okay. which is pretty special. Yeah, there were uh, four. There are three comparisons really: Edelman, Amendola, and Cooper Cup. Those are like yes. the three that always stick out to me when I watch him. Yes, uh, and and I'm going to be pulling hard for him. I'm telling you. Now, let me ask you a question, Benny. Yep. You know, we were down at the Super Bowl, Senior Bowl, rather. Did it blow your mind when you see Foster Moreau, who I had interviewed down there? Did it blow your mind seeing him in the silver and black training camp, talking to Derek Carr in the mix? What did you think when you saw Foster Moreau? You produced a lot of those interviews for him. Absolutely. I mean, I was excited to see it. It was very cool. I think he's going to do wonders. I think he's a great bring-in, and I think that whole tight end room is pretty underrated talent-wise. I do, too. It's a, I think it be a strength it's another position with depth and versatility and i see a lot of that throughout the raiders roster which is exciting we haven't seen that in recent years now i gotta end with one in terms of you know where where what i saw i gotta end with this i love john madden talking about the seven man sled oh yeah for some it's a relic for the Raiders, it's a longtime symbol of toughness. Their beloved backbreaker, the seven-man sled. That's the first thing we used to do. We used to start off every practice in the morning, you know, with hitting the seven-man sled. That's the first thing they do. So that would get rid of all hangovers. And and, and John Gruden asks Richie Incognito, he said, when was the last time you saw that seven-man sled, Richie, over at Nebraska with Callahan? Hey, Incognito, when was the last time you hit a seven-man sled, man? Shit. Nebraska, Callahan? College. Now, a little background story there. Bill Callahan was um, on the 1995 Eagles coaching staff with John Gruden. 
when John Gruden took the Raiders job, he came with him and was the Raiders offensive line coach. Then John Gruden was traded to Tampa Bay. Bill Callahan was promoted the head coach. Callahan and Gruden go to the Super Bowl. We know what happens there. Uh, yep. Callahan then goes to Nebraska, has Richie Incognito playing for him. Long story short, Bill Callahan's currently with the Washington Redskins as their line coach. He's been there for years with Jay Gruden. And uh, Bill Callahan's son was the Raiders quarterback coach last year and is now the Bengals offensive coordinator. So it's an all-in-the-family type of affair with the Callahans and the Grudens and also with the McVeighs. Jim Gruden uh, got his first job, I believe, through McVeigh's father, something along those lines. Uh, but the McVeigh family, the Gruden family, are both from Ohio, and they are as close as it gets. Now, Benny, I hear you have some questions from some of the VIP listeners. Absolutely. But before we get there, I wanted to point out two players that we really didn't talk much about, but have a couple random things about them. One, go ahead, Derek Carr. I love him teaching his children to dislike divisional opponents. Oh, that was cool. Unbelievable. I enjoyed that. I also love him preaching ball security to his children. You yeah, want it? Go get the ball. <laughs> Don't cry. Go get the ball. Get it. Fight your brother for it. Hey, you going to cry? Don't cry about it. Get the ball. Either you do it or you don't. Go get the ball. Derek Carr is a little tougher than people give him credit for. He grew up with, as a little brother, so he was always scrapping, always scrounging. Uh, you know, of course he grew up a, with a good life. Of course he, you know, doesn't necessarily have the size of a Roethlisberger. But, you know, by no means is he uh, undersized. By no. no means by no means is he not athletic. He's not athletic. He has had a couple injuries, but he's, he's played full seasons as well. This is Derek Carr's year to break out. Second year, a lot of second year in Gruden system, a lot of talent around him, and he's got full command. I think it's going to be a tremendous year for Derek Carr. Yeah, I think he definitely has a nice year. Okay, now moving to John Abram, the rookie safety. One, yes. I absolutely love the connection he has with fellow first rounder Farrell unbelievable uh, no it's just natural chemistry you can tell they like each other you can tell they vibe off each other and it's going to be great for both of them because i think they're both good players no doubt you know he's a little bit of a goofball kind of guy but that's okay because he is a ferocious player that goes after the ball he can cover he can hit he takes good angles and you know he you can put him at free safety you can put him at strong safety he even said there's really no such thing. you got to be able to cover. you got to be able to tackle. you got to be able to blitz from either safety position. He has a tremendous demeanor. He is a football junkie, and that's what you want, especially with a first-round pick. He is obsessed with football. Yeah, he's a little silly, but, he, you know, he's a young kid yet. But once, you know, he puts that helmet on, he's not silly anymore. We saw Gruden pulling the reins back on him and some other players getting a little, you know, freaked out by his intensity. And that's okay. You need that in a, in, on a team. I love the kid's talent. I love the kid's mind even as far as preparation and all of that goes. Yep. Having said but that, he is going to be a penalty machine in the NFL even if – 
he is a top five safety, an all pro, an award winner. He will be a penalty machine at bad times. I'm not saying it'll cost them or him anything major. I'm just saying there will be very frustrating moments with him on the field with bad penalties. Well, the good news for the 2019 Raiders is they have a ton of depth at safety. They picked up LaMarcus Joyner from the Rams, who was a pivotal player and a captain for them. They have veteran Eric Harris, who gets better every year and is currently having a tremendous training camp. And they also have uh, Carl Joseph, who gets better every year and is also having a tremendous training camp. There's a lot of depth there, so if Abrams is playing like a, a chicken with his head cut off, which I don't expect. I think Gruden he'll play eat. well. Gruden can easily pull him off the field if he's not showing the proper discipline. Sure. And my last point on John Abram, it is almost unforgivable how obnoxious he acted at that dinner. On behalf of the rookies, we just want to thank our quarterback, Mr. Derek Carr, for taking us out to eat. Such a nice man, such a rich man, too. Thanks, John. I mean, you were first round. I ain't get 120 million, so you ain't gonna never have to work again. If, well, that's if you my daddy, you ain't gotta tell me I ain't never gotta work again. It's <laughs> in my mind I'm never working again. <laughs> I'm like, you know who my daddy is? Hey, look, I'm gonna just be sitting there doing the numbers. I'm gonna sell I'm gonna be like, my daddy got 120. Man, my daddy finna play another 12 years. Oh, that's another 120. That's 240. There, you know I didn't eat today on purpose. So I can buy everything on the menu. Go ahead, bro. How do you say, how do you say the one sear, sear, seared salmon or seared salmon? Salmon. Salmon? Salmon. So why not salmon? He is still, you know, a little bit of a silly, immature kid I, yet. That was like cringeworthy that made me almost dislike the kid and it didn't get to that point but like i said it's almost unforgivable i would not want to be at a dinner with the kid yeah he's he's a little goofy it just it won't matter if he puts it he you know john gruden when john gruden put out the depth chart this week he's first team already and he didn't have to be listed at first team sure they got other veteran guys they could have listed at first team he is performing on the practice field and frankly, that is all that matters. I mean, you know, guys like Rodney Harrison, plenty of scumbag safeties. Listen, there's plenty of than, NFL players and, who and I would I'm not, not want to have dinner and, with. Yeah, whether exactly. it, uh, like Whether it be uh, Terrell Owens, I feel like right. would be a terrible one. Many, right. many of them. Right. And, and look, by no means am I calling him a scumbag. I actually am very impressed with his work ethic. And from following him through this whole process, from the draft process to draft day, through mini camp, rookie OTAs to training camp, I am just insanely impressed with his work ethic and his talent. He's just got some immaturity in him. And a lot of these guys do. And Whoa. that's OK, because like Al Davis said, it's just win, baby. OK, so now. Oh. One last point. The Raiders Academy hoodies. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't get them unless you're a player in that camp. Correct. And Correct. They are unbelievable. I'd love to find a way to have one. That's just I a little side note. They have a really cool weightlifting sleeveless t-shirt too, which is depicting like a executioner 
doing uh, deadlifts, and mm-hmm. it's just a really badass shirt. That players-only niche clothing that teams offer, specifically the Raiders, to their players is just insanely cool. Yeah, they did a great job with that. Okay, now on to some fan questions. Okay. We got Ethan from Pittsburgh who wants to know, do you think Antonio Brown sabotaged his own feet so that way he can skip the majority of his first Raiders training camp without getting the negative publicity? (laughs) You know, nobody trains harder than Antonio Brown. The guy is a big-time practice player, uh, and that's, you know, something that's well-documented. I would highly, highly doubt that he would want to cut his time down with a, a new quarterback in preparation for a big season where a lot of eyes are on him. So I would have to say no, as wild as Antonio Brown is, and it's hard to put something past such a wild and eccentric guy. I would have to say no shot in this situation that he would be missing time with his new uh, new, co- new coordinator, new quarterback, and new team. All right. So we see Hard Knocks fall in love with some fringe player every year, maybe a couple here or there. We already had one that they were building up and then cut in the first episode. It was kind of cool. First time I remember that happening. So yep. the question is, are fringe players more or less likely to make this Raiders team than a normal hard knock? Great question. This Raiders team has some serious depth. There are not going to be many fringe players that make the team. In fact, you're going to see some notable veterans that get cut. That's what happens when a team has about 10 draft picks and Mayock hits a grand slam on a draft. Sure. That question also was from Donna in Las Vegas. Okay, that's good. You're in some Vegas Getting some Vegas people in the mix. Absolutely. Now, here's one from our old buddy Frank from Florida. Mm-hmm. Players seem very comfortable around Gruden. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do they actually respect him, or do they just look at him as a personality that kind of they can have fun with? Well, I think it's important to have fun with your coach uh, in the modern day NFL and frankly in any NFL there have to be moments of enjoyment uh, but also moments where he in some that some may say jump the gun in, in cutting a, a Ronald Ollie uh, you know they know he'll cut your ass so they have to be on their P's and Q's um, he had that talk with the first round with the first round pick safety so He's not afraid to lay the law down. And like I said at the beginning of this show, they are keeping themselves insanely well insulated. And bet your bottom dollar that all the or most of the demonstrative Gruden moments aren't even making the show. Yeah, totally. I agree. We all know that the, these teams have executive power over what gets in and what doesn't. So Mike Mayock watched. Mike Mayock was able to watch the show uh, and essentially gave HBO the green light on all the footage, dialogue that was included. Sure. Well, it makes sense. And it also makes sense that their front office especially is smart enough that if they did want to say something that wasn't, that they didn't want on camera, they can easily just wait until they get home that day and call each other. Yes, of course. All right. Well, I think this was a very successful first Hard Knocks episode recap. 
by the Las Vegas Raiders Lounge Podcast. Uh, Mark, uh, I'm happy with how this turned out. Fantastic. I was happy uh, with this show as well. I was really happy with that. First episode of Hard Knocks, man, really takes you into Napa. I expect, uh, you know, the show to continue to keep the pace it's on. I can, I, I expect the Raiders and Gruden Mayock to keep the whole thing well insulated, but that's okay because the HBO production team uh, keeps it interesting regardless, and there are enough storylines and enough background footage to kind of make this, you know, excellent theater. Absolutely. It's going to be a great season. HBO is going to do another fantastic job. If nothing more, you can just look at that intro, like we said, that had Autumn Wynn mixed in along with Al Davis. HBO is bringing their A game this time. They know they have to. It's not the Cincinnati Bengals. You're dealing with the Raiders, and now it's a big, big deal. And HBO is going to do a great job. And also a big deal, football is officially back. Guys, Madden is out. Hard Knocks mm. is out. We are weeks away from the season. Mm, totally agree. Loving that. And I just want to leave you with this, and we could touch on it in the next Hard Knocks recap. Fascinating that they did not mention Las Vegas at all in this episode. Sure. Uh, I, I thought that would have been a worthwhile backdrop to show the construction of the new Las Vegas stadium and, you know, some of that kind of stuff, you know, for a minute or two. But I believe they will. I believe later in the episodes they will. It's probably something that they want to wait till one of the later episodes to show because it's not exactly – it's a positive point in some eyes, and it's, you know, a negative detraction in other eyes. So it's probably something that they want to wait till the very end to show. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders use that in their negotiations with Hard Knocks while they were being talked about being the team on right now because I thought that was really the one play that the Raiders could be iffy and not wanting to be a part of. In fact, I could think that was a play that the NFL in general did not want to play off of. And I could yeah, see it being it, an executive a order thing. from the NFL to at least wait until like the third or fourth episode to bring that up. Totally with you there. That makes all the sense. All right, folks. Well, that does it for the Las Vegas Raiders Lounge podcast recap of the first episode of this year's Hard Knocks featuring our Oakland Raiders and how sweet it is to say those words. It was a great first episode. It was a great first recap episode. I thank everybody for joining us, and I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this. And we'll see you next week here at the Las Vegas Raiders Lounge. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won.